John, morning to you, mate. Thanks for taking some time with us this morning. Yeah, no problem at all. Hey, um, Neil Wagner, before we crack into previewing this test series, Neil Wagner, uh, you've watched him, you've commentated him. I mean, there, there wouldn't be a more endearing cricketer that's played for New Zealand over the last wee while, would there? Well, the thing about Neil Wagner, he was he was the great giver um, to New Zealand cricket. And the reason for that is because he arrived here as a swing bowler. He made the side as a swing bowler. He was competing, not, not necessarily competing, but he had the same skill sets as um, Southey and Bolt. And Brendan McCullum said, listen, we need something that's a little bit different. Are you prepared to do it? And basically, he stood up and said, yeah, whatever, whatever it takes for the team. And so he committed himself to being that old ball bowler um, when Southey and, and Bolt and guys like that were picking up, well, I wouldn't say the easy wickets, but picking up the w- wickets that were best suited to their skills. So he, he completely changed himself into something that would, the team required and committed to the team and gave his heart and soul to it. And that's why, you know, he will go down in folklore. Yeah, he will. And and I, I feel like he, he'll be such, you know, some, some great athletes, they go and you kind of, they go and you, you can't replace them. But that, that to me is like, there was only one Neil Wagner. There's not too many guys that everything you just said would have been happy to do that, that sacrifice. And, his skill set, which he developed, and then you heard Rigger there say the double bluff, and he and he's actually later in his career started swinging it beautifully again and pitching it up. He's just lost that little bit of pace, which I think John is what fans are lamenting about this Black Caps Test unit in general at the moment—that lack of pace, which is probably why Willow Rourke was so refreshing. Yeah, well, I I, I agree. I mean, at at a time where those guys, I mean, look at what they've done—they're all they're all well into the. Bolt, Saudi, and um, and Wagner, you know they're they're in our top five throughout our history, and they bowled together. That that's kind of phenomenal, really. That the mm. only time those sort of stats exist, are, you know, with three guys, uh, are in the Great West Indian side of the of the um, of the eighties, where you know you had Robertson holding and Marshall and Garner and guys like that, all mm. all in the two hundreds. Um, you know, sharing wickets. And so, you know, whereas Richard Hadley sort of, you know, was gluttoned out on on, on most of the wickets and the rest <laughs> of us chipped in. You know, so, you know, it's, his, his, his stats need to be put in, uh, in context. And the context is he did the hard yards. He, he picked, he, he was the best old ball bowler, I think, that, that world cricket's ever produced. And, and that, that's a big statement, you know, other than a spinner. Um, he, he, he did nothing that was easy, for the, and he did it all for the team. And it's phenomenal that he's lasted until the age of 37. Yeah. It, the the longevity is the other part of it because he's bent his back and he had to. You say old ball sometimes on flat benign wickets as well, and uh, oh. his his strike rate against um, an average against Australia is actually quite staggering. Twenty three, um, you know that series when we, we went over there, which you'll remember well, braces yeah. a few years back. We got we got 
really demoralised to the point that the boys were at the bar, and I don't think a lot of them wanted to play in Sydney. To be honest, you know, it was there were some pretty pretty grim faces around the the nightlife scene in Melbourne with lots of Kiwis out, just you know, pretty pretty depressed actually. But Neil Wagner was the shining light, along with a century from Tom Blundell. Wags was the one that just kept banging it in short at Labuschagne and um, and Steve Smith's shoulder, and he, he picked up wickets for it. And, and that's what I kind of go, I understand why he's not going to play tomorrow, but, gee, we'd love to have him in his prime, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but we look back on a lot of cricketers, and, and we do that, and Father Time does pick, uh, catch up with you eventually. But I remember that series that Neil Wagner... I mean, I know that the other bowlers, they they genuinely ran out of puff. Uh, and Neil Wagner kept getting thrown the ball and kept coming in. And he was the first guy to probably expose Smith uh, to that ball in around um, armpit height. Yes. That has been exposed, that has been exposed since. Um, but not enough guys can sustain that pressure and he was able he was able to sustain it. Smith's been able to wear some guys down, but he never ever felt comfortable. And when you think that you know he was he, he's either one, two, three, or four in the world at any given point as 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 a modern day batter, you know, for for one guy to to expose him the way he did uh, was was actually phenomenal and, and 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 a gift that New Zealand had, and a precious one and one that we should cherish. So yesterday, Ian Smith, uh, who you've got to spend a little bit of time with recently, braces, and you, you know he can, um, you, you know exactly what his character's like, and and he was probing Ian Healy yesterday, and he said, and I think he was being glass half full for us, which I really appreciated from Smithy. He said, "Is there a bit of an underbelly here with this Australian batting lineup that we maybe could get into with Green batting so high?" And, and probably not having quite earned his stripes, and Smith, you know, new in the opening row. And Heels kind of said, mm, he thought about it for about three seconds, and he said, no, not really. You know, these guys, some of them are a little bit out of runs, but they're probably due, and I think they'll they'll quite enjoy batting here in New Zealand. Are you glass half full or glass half empty on the Australian top and middle order at the moment and whether we could get into them with um, maybe the right result on a toss? I think he, I think Healy is right. I think they are out of runs at the moment. Um, but having said that, I, of an Australian side, you, you, you know, you expect Australian sides, and, and in particular their batting order, to go. Yeah, you, know, you go. They're world class in that particular position, but they're actually trying to find positions for what they think are world class batters, or potentially going to be their world class batters. So, you know, uh, Green, for example, they're trying to turn them into a four. They're trying to <laughs> they're trying to all squeeze them in. And they're slightly out of position for what you would say would be a dominant batting lineup. So every time you get a wicket, you think, geez, we've got a chance of picking up one, two quite quickly here if, if, we, if we're on our game. Um, so I think that, that, that it presents an opportunity for New Zealand um, I, I think that if this Australian side get into some form, then yeah, they will be dominant because they have that bully mentality as well. Green mm. and Marsh in particular, <laughs> um, Head in particular, they tend to want to bully you um, and hit you off your stride. Um, and, 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 and therefore, 
Tim Saudi will go, you know, searching for who's going to bowl next, and everybody's sort of looking the other way. Um, <laughs> so I think that you know there is that there is that vulnerability, but I think that vulnerability comes that they're not actually probably in there. They haven't really got that batting combination, if you know what I mean. It's just the best batters go yeah, out and bat, yeah. and it yeah. kind of. It sounds it sounds a simple enough process, but not all of them are in the position that they that actually suits them. The the, the orchestra is not quite playing as one at the moment, despite there being some outstanding solo artists right across it. And, and I understand I understand what you're saying there, and, and maybe we can expose that lack of cohesiveness. But to do that, we have to do what Pakistan couldn't do, and that is to hold chances and to create chances in the field. You were at Eden Park. You saw some of the worst fielding we have put out in a, a, a Black Caps jersey in a wee while. I mean, I just, my whole childhood, the one thing we could, in life really, actually, I think most cricket, New Zealand cricket fans could relate to this. We have been so resourceful and, and industrious in the field, but it just it kind of fallen away, races, which concerns me. What did you see at Eden Park? And is there, am I over, am I over-hyping that or, or are you worried? Well, actually, I, I started seeing it at Mount Monganui, to be honest. Um, I, I saw it at Mount Monganui, um, where I thought our slips uh, <clears throat> and our wicketkeeper got themselves into a defensive position rather than, a, than an offensive position, which I, I, I thought showed a lack of confidence. So what I mean by that, they stood, they stood deep and safe, rather than mm. up front where the risk of dropping a catch was far more important to have a catch carry than bounce short of you. So you know, Daryl Mitchell got in, got himself in a position where balls were falling short. I think Tom Latham had a few that fell short, um, and and Blunder was always catching the ball below his knees. So they were in that sort of safe zone that's not going to get me into trouble. And then balls went up in the air and they dropped high balls, um, uh, skied balls. And then that seemed to have drifted into the T20 performance as well, where there were kind of no excuses um, under the lights and, 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 and in the conditions to drop catches. But they did, not just high ones, they dropped flat ones. So it's, it's become a little bit of a cancer within the group that they need to address. Um, you know, I, I think Saudi dropped the catch in in, um, in Wellington. Yes. Um, which was quite vital. Somebody else dropped, of Ravindra dropped the catch in Wellington, which was also vital. Um, you know, and, and the whole, that whole series could have been turned on its head had they taken catches. And that's the importance of, as we say, catches win matches. If, if yeah. you give... If you give Head a chance, yeah, in the that's series, a, all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, that yeah. series is going to go in a session. Any of those Australians, because they score at such a rapid rate and they do have that bully mentality, if you let them off the hook, if you don't put yourself into offensive positions, then the game's going to drift away from you. Their bowling the attack is too good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, their bowling attack is too good. You know, one of the things that concerned me was when Mitchell was there, we actually had no real slip field from that point on. We had Tom Latham, and then you were finding other slips. So Conway, who, when he hasn't got the gloves on, I've only ever seen him field in the outfield. 
And then all of a sudden, he's at first slip. And I, I, mm. I found it, so I thought, oh, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just not comfortable doing what their skill set should be or practiced at what their skill set should be. I've watched that side for quite some time. I've never seen Conway take slip catches. So he would so, have had a two-day preparation before he started fielding at first slip in the second test against South Africa. Yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. And you, as you're talking there, John, I'm just kind of it raises the question: like in a modern cricket environment, going from a T20 series to a Test series in kind of under a week, is there time? I mean, does does Gary crack the whip and get them out there and say, "Look, this is a team problem. It's becoming an yeah, like as you say, it's kind of become a bit contagious." We're going to spend a morning doing this. I mean, can, do you do that with top-level contracted cricketers? Do, do you take them back to basics, or is there not enough time these days with the way professional sport and professional cricket is? Well, there's always time to practice. There's always sure. time to do a little bit extra. There's always time. You've got, you've got enough coaches around there to take you aside and just say, you know, make sure you hit me some good ones, or can I have a few extra nicks? I mean... You know, it's a cast of thousands these days. It's not the coaches and owner trainer driver like it used to be. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you, you, you've got you've got assistant coaches and you've got assistants to assistant coaches. So you've got Luke Runke as the batting coach, and you've got Dean Brownlee there as the assistant batting coach. Now, surely some of them, both of them, are batters in their day. Surely they can hit some catches. Well, that makes sense um, to me, and, and I ho- yeah, hopefully that they're they're working on that because you, you're right. It did go. You pointed out it does go back to the bay. You're right, John. Hey, I got. We we'll have to ask you this because Smithy Smithy even referenced that he was interested in your thoughts and hearing about them um, yesterday. Mitch Santner, he's probably going to play. Probably would he play for you? And and Gary Stead's called him a full time spinner a few times. He's really really invested a lot in him this test summer here, well I think he has um, he's pumped him up and he actually just in summer in January captain that T20 series, they've got a huge opinion of him, um, we're a bit lean on bowlers aren't we, so does he play for you? Well it, it's kind of interesting that they have a huge opinion on him but they didn't play him on a turning wicket at Hamilton Yeah um, um, You know my, my issue with uh, and, and this is from also personal experience where I spent, you know, I played a test match, I think, in 1980, 81 in, at Eden Park and didn't play another one in New, in New Zealand for six years. And whilst I toured and was 12th man and all those sorts of things and they carted me around, you know, basically you're not gathering experience. Um, you're just having a whole series of experiences. So, you know, for me, experience is a, is a, is a connection of events, not, not disjointed events. Oh, geez, I remember back to, oh, it was five years ago. Oh, hell, the wicket's a little yeah. different now. You know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. So they, if they're going to, and if they were going to be looking towards the future, they needed to play Satner in both those tests. And I was somewhat annoyed that they didn't. Um... Uh, because they they disconnected the experience again. You know, what did you learn from uh, from uh, the mount, where it was turning and things like that? And the, and the learning was, how do I turn, um, 
how do I turn 20 good balls out of 40 into at least 30 good balls out of 40? Um, so those sorts of things. So, you know, you know, I think New Zealand missed that opportunity. So they're going to give the ball to Satner again, they'll play him in the test, and they'll go, and everybody will go, what's Mitchell Satner doing playing? <laughs> you know? But if, if you continue to play a guy, as Australia did with Lyon early on, they, once they decided, they committed. And then Lyon has become, you know, the world's best off-spinner. And now I, 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 I caveat that because he is just a genuine off-spinner, whereas Ashwin and people like that, you know, they bowl all sorts of other deliveries. Lyon just bowls off-spin. That's all he does. He doesn't yeah. bowl arm balls. He doesn't bowl doofers. He doesn't bowl skitters. Some turn, some don't. But actually, if you look at the ball, it's the same ball. He yeah. just changes the line as yeah. the pitch as the pitch deteriorates, and they trust him. And because he has trust, he's linked those experiences, and and it's become experience. We've never given that opportunity to any of our spinners. Hmm. It, it, it's a genuine mismanagement over a series of decades, really, isn't it, to a craft of cricket, which is actually hyper-crucial when you look at teams that have had success. Like the Nathan Lyon example is it's so so obvious, isn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah in a country yeah. in a country where the Australians don't even rate off-spin. Nah. If you talk to Mark War and people like that, they think, oh, off-spin, they shouldn't even be allowed. I just whacked them out of the park. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's got 500 wickets you know? he's gone past all their greats except for Warren yeah hey, hey, hey Braces I've got to let you crack on with your morning you've been so good with your time what, one other one um, the, the kind of Will Young I mean it was great to see Conway get some runs um, then he's kind of hit this niggle he's obviously going to play Will Young, though, every single time of asking, he just he puts in a really good, honest shift. Smithy had, had mooted maybe this is not the series for Glenn Phillips and, and let's secure it, let's at play an extra out-and-out out batter and one that is very competent in Will Young. Could you see that, or is Phillips a, a fixture in this test side for you? If they play Setna, they don't need to play Phillips because they're going to have Ravindra as well. So you've... So you've got you've you've got enough going on there. Um, so yeah, I would play Will Young. I, I, I agree with Smithy. I, I think that he's one. He's got the technique um, to be able to, and he's got and he's got the courage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and that's a big thing against uh, Australia. You've got to have that almost that stubborn courage. Wow, they're, they're like sharks. You painted the picture. They'll bully you if they smell yeah. blood. So it's um, oh, hey, you're it's, exactly right. It's gonna be fun, isn't it? It's gonna be really fun, John. Hey, thank you so much for taking some time. It's gonna be fun. It's probably gonna be scary at points, just like swimming with the sharks. It almost feels like we're getting into a shark tank, doesn't it? That's kind of what this. Is. Maybe yeah. that's the analogy I'll use for the rest of the morning. How's that? We're getting into the yeah. shark tank yeah. with fun Australian cricketers. Fun for fun for us watching. <laughs> exactly John thanks so much for your time mate go have a great day enjoy the test alright thank you very much cheers